Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Kick ahead to Bogdanovich. Ball fakes a three, drives, floats, scores. Dow, yes, in transition. Boyan Bogdanovich with a beautiful ball break. Desmond Bain bites hook, line, and sinker, and Bogdanovich scores. Ingles underhand scoop to Donovan. Donovan drives on Bain in the lane, right-hander off the glass, and in, plus the foul. Oh, Donovan. Donovan, chest to Conley. Conley, step back three. Got it! First field goal of the quarter. Donovan, Conley, two-man game at the top. Off of Gobert pick now for Conley. Firing the three and hitting! Oh, Mike Conley, I still own this house! This is still my house! <laughs> the Utah Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzlies 120-113. to 113. Mike Conley with a couple of big shots down the stretch. Donovan Mitchell, a game-high 30 points and 8 assists. And Jordan Clarkson's back, baby. He scored 24. He easily the most he's scored in he the post. Never left. When he's back. Back from what? Back from some games where he didn't shoot very well. Didn't score very many points. He shot it great. It just didn't go in. Now it went in. Four of nine. I mean, he's on the three. Other than that, he's been fine. Don't make a big deal about this. This is who he is. He's a, he's a scorer. He's not a shooter. True he's, story. He's keep going. I mean, I tweeted in game three. It's better to have heart than conscious. He has no conscious. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he has heart. That's what I, I, all these questions having him back. He never went anywhere. His scoring did. His three-point shooting did. That's what it was. He made four. Yes, he, he did. He, and now the Jazz stand at 3-1 where they stood a year ago. What does last year have to Anybody who asked that question last night, get out of here. It's about the dumbest question I've heard since the other other day. Donovan, does these three jazz fans doing what they did to Morant's family? Does that change your opinion on jazz fans? What a dumbass question that was. Who cares about last year? There's no, no bearing on what's going on now. Last year. What but you live in the past? You're gonna repeat it. Live in the present. Look to the future. Last year. Who gives a crap about last year? Jazz fans who are still scarred by last year. And they don't play. They do not. But the Jazz will play tomorrow night at 7.30. Game 5, a chance to close it out. Earliest the next series could start is Sunday. Might be later than that if the other series goes 7. We'll see how that plays out. The other series ain't going 7. I wouldn't think so. Mark Eaton... Former All-Star, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, passed away over the weekend at the age of 64. One of the jazz players, one of the few who stayed in town and was part of the community afterwards. And you know, There are a lot of people who remember him playing, but there are a lot of people who don't remember him playing, who know him from all the stuff he's done around town, seen it in games, interactions with him all over the state. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was big time, literally yep. and physically. Uh, yes, just, just, just 64. You remember, you know, when, before I moved up here, I covered a lot of Clipper games and did some backup Lakers, and, and I heard coaches and players talk about Mark Eaton, his greatness defending the rim and whatnot. Then I moved up here in 93, and people who know basketball, neighbors and people that I was just beginning to meet, people at work, they're like dogging on him. 
Man, what are you guys talking about, man? This guy's defensive player, he's such a force. Oh, he didn't get any offense, blah, blah, blah. And then go ahead after he retires. He did some K-Jazz TV and covered the Utes. So I hung out with him a little bit on the road. And I'm not claiming we're friends, but we were friends by any stretch. But I did talk to him a little bit. You're friendly. That's how Mark was. Yeah, we spent time in hotels. Sure. In lobbies and having a couple meals and whatnot. Right. And uh, but he's an easy guy to talk to, so oh, obviously you're talking, yeah, talking basketball. And I used to laugh every time I'd get on the plane and see him sitting in coach uh, when we were going to whatever road trip we were going on, because him and Frank Layden sort of traded off mm-hmm. uh, back then. So I, I'd talk to him about basketball, and, and he felt, always felt like he could have done more offensively, but you know the rules with the illegal defense and all. But he was a force, man. Just an unbelievable force defensively. There's no question about it. I never, even though his jersey's retired, this is my own opinion. I could be totally off, but I never felt like he got the respect that he deserved as as a the player to here, here All by his own people. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, he was a player, you and I had the same experience. <clears throat> and then in the community, other places, yeah, of course, man. He was just a just a pillar. He stayed here, and this is an unbelievable tragedy. At 64 years of age. Gosh, it's awful. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Westbrook right elbow, crossover, shoots right away, scores! Scores! Westbrook, the answer back. 80-74 Wizards. And we we have a fan who's gotten on the court, and he's been tackled by security. And- wow. I'm what sorry. was that guy doing? Well, and there was, uh, we were watching the ball come up. The, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. What is this knucklehead doing? We have an entertaining basketball game, and uh, don't cheer him. Boo him. <laughs> Wizards win 122-114, and B leaves the game injured without him. Philly can't get it done. Intentional fouls at the end, and, of course, then you got the fan on the on the court, handcuffed by police, taken away. Hey, I tried to jump up and touch the rim. I want investigations now on everything. I said it the other day because I want to know. I want to know the entire story. Anytime any of these in the kid throwing the bottle at Westbrook mm-hmm. after, I, w- I want to know completely. And I want to know how much alcohol, if any, were, was involved. I thought of you because I read over the weekend that uh, Southwest Airlines is going to stop yeah, serving alcohol on flights. They had the fight. The uh, woman in the last the room punches the female uh, the flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Apparently knocked some teeth out. It did. And you could see the bloody. cut on the, blo- yeah, on the video. Uh, and then I, I saw a second airline. I think it's American. Not positive on that. But the second airline is stopping the alcohol service as well. Is that it? Are you guys gambling and daring people? What well, that's what I said. I want to know a full I know, investigation. What's the, like, what What was the conversation in the five minutes that led up to this? Because you know? these teams have no problem charging people through the you-know-what to buy beer. And if that's contributing, then it's got to stop. Cut them off earlier than the third quarter or stop it all together, whatever it is. Well, yeah, it's going to get worse. I mean, this is like four incidences that. now. It's so, but at some point, someone's going to get hit with the bottle. They're not going to miss with the well, bottle. Well, but that's happened. This is not yeah. new. Yeah. This is. It's not like it's just. We're making a big deal like it's brand new. It's not new. It seems like it's happening with more frequency. 
There's been stuff that's yeah, happened but, I mean, it, over it, time. Put it in perspective. I mean, and everybody's running around. They're, they're embarrassed for the, for the, like, Locke came on the other day, Friday, and he's embarrassed as a jazz. I'm not embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for the idiots who did it, but I'm not embarrassed for the jazz. And I appreciate that they all put out their statements and all. And then we have the usual people writing lectures. But you're just preaching to the choir. The people who are reading and listening and watching, they're not going to do it. They're sitting in row 20 just <laughs> yelling and hollering like fans. So if you want to stop, let's take drastic measures and let's have investigations. And if it found out that this kid who ran down on the court had any alcohol, then stop selling it. Let's see if, if they want to do that. I'd be interested to see if they re- how much you really, really want it to stop if it means taking money out of your pocket. Now, maybe that wasn't involved at all. And that's not it. That that's great too. I want to see what the investigations are, and let people know that if you do anything that's out of line, you will be banned from attending this arena and everything. Because a lot of them have the circus and concerts and whatever it is. Obviously, besides uh, just uh, the particular basketball game, let's get drastic on penalties and investigations, and let's get this thing to cease. If if it's that if that's even possible. Four games tonight. TNT's got a doubleheader. Celtics, Nets early. Brooklyn's up 3-1, trying to close it out. Assume they would. Lakers-Suns tied 2-2. Anthony Davis has a groin strain. They're listing him as day-to-day. Expectation seems to be that he's not going to play tonight. If you watched him limp off the court, it's hard to believe he would play tonight. Well, my Laker guys got with me immediately Boy, and they said say. that... Uh, they, they, they do not expect him out. I think they don't expect him back. Maybe, maybe a Game 7. If they were to have a Game 7. He scored 34 points in each of the two wins, and he's had 6 and 13 points in each of the two losses. Lakers are good defensively. They are challenged offensively, and they will miss him big time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got two players and a bunch of role players. Yep. Uh, Blazers-Nuggets Game 5. That series is tied 2-2 tonight. That one's at 7 o'clock. That's on NBA TV if you want to watch that one. I will. Although i got to say I have zero interest who wins that. Because? I just don't. I just don't you care. You just don't care about either team? I mean, I'll watch it. I've the watched Jazz. them. But I just... Do you expect that... I, the, as from the Jazz perspective, I don't view one as more of a threat than the other. Like, oh, I want the Suns to win so they didn't play the Lakers down the line. I get all that. Uh, and I want the Mavs because I think the Clippers are better. It's weird. We sat here on Friday and I said, even though they're down 0-2, I feel like they're in a good spot. And sure enough, I mean, they run them off the court on Sunday. Paul George, absolutely awesome. And so, but Nuggets and Blazers, I don't feel like either team has an advantage that I would be concerned about from the Jazz. Not just not to say that they would just beat them for nothing, but I don't I don't think from the Jazz perspective I'd rather play this team or that team. I think they're equally dangerous. Well, I think the Jazz would be favored against either one, but it seems to me that Denver would be a little more dangerous, and that's probably so? me looking at Jokic. Okay. Well, the Jazz right. dominated the Blazers twice at full strength. Now, they lost the third time, but they didn't have Donovan yeah, for that okay. game. But those were, I mean, they really took the Blazers apart. Now, one of those was all the way back in the season opener. I don't know how much that matters now, but but I don't know that the Blazer Nuggets winner, it's so far away. They'd have to, you know... The team that wins that series has to win the next series. The Jazz have to win the next series. So there's a lot of work to be done I before also you feel worry about too, the Western whoever final. Whoever wins the series is going to lose in the next round. 
So what's the point of getting worked that, out? That, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there, right? The, the, the Suns should beat the Lakers if AD's not playing, and then the Suns should beat either one of these teams. Right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think we're in the early phases of it, but uh, you know, certainly the way that he's handled things up to this point, been very pleased. It's a joy to be around every single day. The consistency that he comes in to work with is uh, definitely something that he makes it really fun. And uh, I know uh, been pleased with what he's done up to this point. Rams coach. Oh, 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 okay. I was going to say, don't tell me. I was going to figure that was on Zach Wilson, but it's not. <laughs> Rams coach Sean McVay. That's that's just what you're going to say about every newly acquired quarterback at this point, right? There have been no games. There haven't been any games. So what are you going to say? You're going to say all the same stuff about the first one in the facility, they're studying film, they're working hard, great leadership with the guys. I'm last into the gym and first to leave. There you go. That a kid. I got other stuff to do. Matthew Stafford. Will he get the... Get the Rams, I almost said the Lakers. Will he get the Rams back to the Super Bowl? According to a report from ESPN, the Seattle Seahawks have discussed a potential deal to acquire Atlanta Falcons star wide receiver Julio Jones. Seattle would add Jones to join DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That'd give Russell Wilson some guys to throw to right there. Already got big play guys. Add another big play guy in there. Jones is a player, man, no doubt about it. 32 years of age, uh, but he still has some left in the tank, you'd think. So, yeah, depending on what you have to give up. I mean, you never know what, what uh, the what, other end of it yeah. is. How many draft picks do they want? Atlanta reportedly wants at least one first-rounder. But he's he has the ability, and you'd think he'd be motivated and all that stuff. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here comes the 3-2 to Baez. A swing and a high drive. Deep left center field. This is a moonshot. Another home run for Baez. And the Cubs lead 7-2. Ross brings it again, and it's hit well to right field. That ball is out of here in a hurry. Opposite field, line drive laser into the chop house. It is 4-0 Braves. Trevino deals. Swing on, base hit. Make that a line drive, deep right field, plenty deep. Here comes France. He's steaming home the throw. Not in time. Win it six to five. Seattle's won five in a row. That's Tom Murphy's 10th inning walkoff right there. Seattle beats the Oakland Athletics. A's are a half game up on the Astros and two and a half on the Mariners in the American League West. Hottest team in baseball. They were 19 and 19, 500, and now the Rays have won five in a row. They're 16 and one in their last 17. They beat the Yankees three to one. They got it going on, PK. Two games in front of the Red Sox, five and a half up on the Yankees. This is uh, beyond a tear for Tampa Bay. True, yeah. I mean, they're a great team. You heard the Cubs beat the Padres. That knocks the Padres out of first place. The Giants beat the Angels 6-1. to Evan Longoria hit a two-run homer. Giants take over the top spot. Half game in front of the Padres. Two in front of the Dodgers. Chris Taylor. Having a big day as the Dodgers beat the Cardinals 9-4. Way to go, Chris Taylor. So a, uh, so a thing over the weekend, those three teams, the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers, have all had multiple series head-to-head with each other, and they're all 500 against each other. 
Well, the Giants went down to Dodger Stadium and swept them after last week the Dodgers went up there and swept them, so they exchanged sweeps there. And uh, Tatis keeps hitting bombs. So, yeah, there's a lot of quality players in that division. At the top, the two teams at the bottom suck, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. But we'll keep your eye on your guy, Bruce Bucci. Yeah. He wants back. He wants back in. Where does he want back in? Anywhere? Or he's got something specific. Who's underachieving and could use his genius? Arizona. Mets beat the Diamondbacks 6-2. The Diamondbacks continue to slump. Yeah, well, DeGrom is awesome. Best pitcher in baseball. Six scoreless innings. His ERA now, uh, 0.71. He good. (laughs) You think? How about he dominant? He's really good. Outstanding. Four earned runs in 51 innings, but he's 4-2. and two. Well, lowest, You can't control that. You no, he can't. Note, lowest ERA since 64 through yeah. May. He can only do what he does, and what he does is absolutely awesome. Atlanta Braves left fielder Marcelo Zuna released from jail after posting $20,000 bond Monday on charges of aggravated assault by strangulation and battery against his wife. He was jailed Saturday after police officers in the Atlanta suburb of Sandy Springs said they witnessed him attacking his wife while responding to a 911 call. He has been ordered to have no contact with his wife per court orders. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here because you read the details on this and it's just absolutely awful. And so you wouldn't think there would be a way he would be back on the field anytime soon after doing this. And there had been other issues, too, I think, uh, in the past. So Expect the Braves uh, to, uh, to make this decision, or Major League Baseball will step in and make it? I think in the short term it would probably be the Braves, but I don't know how the, you know, what the rules are and all that stuff. And, and, and but either way. But because MLB has done this before, if you have any of these domestic violence issues, they have some level of suspensions. And this one's, geez, you really lost it there, man. Bees have lost five in a row. Round Rock beats them eight to six. Bees will look to avoid a series sweep tonight at 635 at Smith's Ballpark. You can listen to the action here on the Zone Sports Network. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. Yach efforting a former jazz player. What do you think, Yach? What are the odds from your communication? You got a gut feel on this? I've been waiting on a response for over 24 hours. Oh, so... that didn't sound so good. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, your reaction to Game 5 coming up. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes and Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. 
Jazz are up three games to one. Doesn't it feel silly now for all that worrying a week ago? Yeah, we sat here a week ago. I said, I feel no different about their chances of winning the series then as I did before it started when they were down a week ago, 0-1. Donovan missed the game. If they go down 0-2, you can start worrying. But 0-1, they win this series, and it's just a footnote, and nobody really remembers or cares. And that's where we're sitting right now with the Jazz up 3-1. Yeah, to me, the bottom line is Memphis does just not have enough good players. Don't have enough three-point shooting. Don't have enough veteran experience. I don't think they have any three-point shooting, really, to speak of. I mean, Demetrius, his shot is so flat on the three. It kind of looks like he's shot-putting it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look smooth. He needs to work on that. I don't really trust any of their guys from three. And obviously they're going to make a few. Jackson had a few, a couple early. But I don't think that's his game. And the Jazz, they've got literally seven guys who can make threes. And that's why they made 17 of them and shot 50%. While the Grizzlies were scuffling along at 29%. I saw a stat. The Jazz are outscoring them from three by 87 points through four games. That's massive. (laughs) That is. It's huge. Yeah, And it was 21 in that game last night. And the reason why I don't say Jordan Clarkson is back because there's no anything close to guarantee that he'll shoot over 40% from three tomorrow night. But Niang was two for two. Conley was three for four. And Royce and Bogey were three for five. So they're shooting all over the place. Yeah. Royce making shots. Major uh, plus for them. Bogdanovich had a three in front of the bench. He missed it. They got the rebound, mm-hmm. and then the ball got back to him, and I was watching my wife, and I said, this one's going in. This is why he's in the league, because he was totally wide open. And Conley actually obviously came up with two big ones there when it looked like they had a little bit of a momentum going uh, for Memphis's way. He comes in the game, changes that. You know, as Donovan was saying last night, he didn't have a big, speaking of Conley, a big statistical impact, but yet his impact on winning was gigantic. Is why you can't go about just raw stats and look at them because the box score for Mike Conley was not overwhelming, but in the timing of the situation, time and score, his two threes there and the steal were huge. And he's a veteran player. And this is, I always felt like when they got him, that looked towards this year as opposed to last year. And then, of course, when everything blew up last year, I, I sort of viewed it as a throwaway at that point. And getting back to normal this year, even though they're not back to normal normal, it's more normal than last year. And so with the second year and the system and all that, uh, and realizing that his drive to the arena is shorter and all that uh, trauma that he had to do instead of a 40-minute drive, he had a 10-minute drive. Did you know actually he took a, a, a circuitous right? right Gosh, himself time. Yeah. Which led to more stress. No, 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 no. He was, he was trying to lengthen the commute. So he would be in the same... Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Strategically. I read that in Sports Illustrated. I got read the, the cover issue where they try to tell us that if you don't believe in the NBA, you are a loser. And Sports Illustrated has gone woke, that's for sure. And uh, so they had a story about Mitchell in there and the jazz and, and talking about Conley and how he had a 40-minute commute from Mem- in Memphis, and here was only 10 minutes through his whole 
I can imagine your whole biorhythm's off. If you, if you, what are you going to do with that extra 30 minutes? No, no wonder why he was all screwed up. Get a massage. I mean, and, you know, and he's a environmentally conscious guy, so you just don't want to drive around and pollute the atmosphere. So Good point. And then with gas prices being what they were. No, I don't think that's an impact for an NBA player. They got, they got the walking around money to handle the gas price. Leave that to the working stiff. Guys like me. Uh, so I felt like his second year was when he was really going to turn it on. And he has. There are people who are still worried. Aaron, I'm still worried. They're going down to the wire too many times against an eight seed. They're the one seed. Many times the offense looks frazzled. I'm hoping this is just a challenging matchup for the Jazz. They haven't gone down to the wire. To me, that's literally down to the end of the game. And with two, three minutes to go, they're they're comfortable. But that that's what I was talking about, where you don't just necessarily view the numerical series three to one and say, Oh, that's an easy series. You know, you have to look at the individual games. And Memphis has talent, they just don't have enough of it. But you like what they've got and their goal is obviously to build upon it and add some more talent. And they should be I, a competitive team. I don't think they uh I agree with that. Memphis they got young talent, add three point shooting, add some veterans to the mix. And they could be even better next year. And they made a big step forward this year. So the Grizzlies, you can see where they've got to do some of the same things the Jazz had to do two years ago or four years ago. You know, add the shooting, add the vets. But from the Jazz perspective, you know, the, the offense looking frazzled, they're scoring a lot of points. I don't, I don't think the offense looks that frazzled. I mean, it ain't like two or three possessions. The stops are going to happen. But 120 points, that's their lowest scoring game in the playoffs with Donovan. Three playoff games with Donovan. 120 is the low number. I don't think the offense looks frazzled. Well, one thing that uh, I agree with 100% listening to Donovan speak after the ball game is that there was a couple of times when they got a 10, 12-point lead and then they got careless with the ball and he spoke of specifically that cross-court baseball pass that he threw. Like, what are you doing, man? And You're not going to get that far away and chuck it that, that distance. And have, If you have to go over four or five players... You're going to be in trouble. So, And I like what he said there. I think they lost a little bit of a mental edge. It seemed like they beat these guys three times. Because <laughs> they got up, and then Memphis came back. Then they took it in the third quarter, started the fourth quarter. They got up, Memphis came back. And then at the end, where it was uh, close enough, they beat him. They took it and extended the lead again. Where the offense looked frazzled was when Donovan was out to start the fourth quarter. That's the point in the game where you can say this stretch wasn't nearly good enough. And Donovan came back and it didn't, the offense didn't get going right away. It had nine points in like eight minutes. So if you want to go to that stretch. I think that was more mental. Right. But they've scored 120, 121, and 141. The offense has been really good. I think you got to give it a little bit of a credit to Memphis. They've got some talent there. So I don't know the Jazz are just going to smoke these guys every time they play. They don't need to. But why? What's what's there to really Because fans about? are more comfortable if they're up by 20. But then <laughs> you don't get anything beyond that. I totally agree. You don't. <laughs> but the fans are more comfortable, and that's who we're hearing from right now. Yeah, well, I'm a fan who likes competition and excitement. So I'd rather have a close game 
than a blowout anyway for me because in, in final analysis, I don't care who wins. But uh, I like competition. And so this series has been giving me some good competition, some great plays, some phenomenal athleticism. And these individual players, uh, some of them have got incredible talent with Mitchell leading the way. I mean, to me, he's, he is the best player out on the floor, certainly from the offensive perspective. Gobert on the other end, obviously. Uh, up 3-1, you know, I think that to me the most important thing is put them away and gets, uh, it's not really, uh, you know, the baseball way, but get your rotation in order. And if you have some rest, you can do that. So put them away tomorrow night. Sit back a little bit. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Uh, see what happens. Clippers, Mavs. Uh, yeah, have a few days off. I don't see where that's going to hurt you. And you, you should be in enough of a rhythm this time of year, having played so many games, that you can handle three or four days off as opposed to 48 hours off. And you'll be just fine there. So that's why I think it's important. The, the point being, they're right where they want to be. They lost the ball game with their star player out, and they lost by three, right? It wasn't like 113, 110, something like that. 112, 109, I think, okay. but whatever. It was a three-point okay. game. Yeah. They shot the three poorly. Gobert fouled out and only played 25 minutes, and Mitchell didn't play at all. Circumstances dictated the loss, and it was a loss. All right, fine. And, so and nobody else in the West is getting out any easier than you. And it shouldn't be. Right. As I look at these series, yeah. sweeping an NBA team from the Western perspective, I think it's virtually impossible. Over in the East, Milwaukee did it to Miami. I understand that. And I think Milwaukee's better than they were last year. In uh, Miami, maybe they fluked their way into it with the bubble. I don't know. But I don't care about over what's going on over there anyway. Uh, as far as uh, those teams go, maybe the Nets, uh, they've got my attention. I want to see the Nets play a game in which they win a game and only three players score. I think it can happen. <laughs> what a box score. Yeah. It's a lot of zeros. <laughs> right. But each have 40. <laughs> three they guys win 121 15, three yeah. guys with 40. Yeah. Five or six other guys play and never just, shoot. Well, just box, no FGAs. Box out. Well, they can shoot, just don't make them. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, it should be set, like set Iowa screens, girls basketball back in, back in the day. You never cross half court. They can fire up a few, but, I mean, that's virtually where they're going. You look at the boxer, and Joe Harris can put in a few points, but other than that, it's about all they got. Uh, and But they seem to have enough, so you know, we'll see if they get there. Uh, I, I think they will. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I don't really believe in Philadelphia that much. Uh, and then I don't believe in anybody else. Maybe Milwaukee, because I do think Milwaukee's better uh, than they were last year with the addition of Holiday versus Bledsoe running the show. I think he's a much better player. I think that's a significant upgrade, actually. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But in the West, I expected to be some battles. I didn't expect any team sweeping because we've been saying this all season, even teams at the bottom, they've got talent and they can beat you. And that's what Memphis did in game one. And good for them. They got it going. And the way I look at it, that's even better for the Jazz. You know, because they talked about last year, if you want to talk about last year, how they sort of had a, made a little bit of a casual attitude up 3-1. Well, right off the bat, you're down 0-1. There's no need for any... Uh, casual attitude by any stretch for any and because this team and Rudy said it that it's not about beating Memphis it's about winning the title so uh, you're looking for a much bigger prize beating Memphis is a preliminary that you have to go through pool play or what have you to talk in your sport <laughs> pool play yeah. 
Right? I mean, there's, there's going to be no celebrations. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Because they, they... You're the got, one, you yeah. beat the eight, and yeah. you win, a couple hugs and high fives and move on. Yeah, but I, none of the drama to remember... Uh, uh, after they beat Oklahoma City, the uh, Quinn Snyder giving Donovan that big hug. It was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that situation there, they were left for dead the prior summer when their star player left. So sort of out of nowhere and all that stuff. Yeah, that was a big, big deal at the time. And that was a nice accomplishment to do that. So I can understand that. But this team is way, way past that. I think what you'll see, you won't necessarily see any – individuals uh, internally emotion like for us, I think you'll see some emotion congratulating Memphis for playing tough. So I think you'll see the guys go towards Memphis and congratulate them, say good series, you know, you played as hard and all that type of thing, which they have. And so I think that's what you'll see. You'll see respect from the Jazz to the Grizzlies because they're a young team. They're like the Jazz, as you just said, a few years back. So they'll appreciate the competitive effort that the Grizzlies gave. They're just outmanned. It's simple. It doesn't take a basketball genius to see that they're outmanned. They More obviously are. better players. As we said last week, yes. That's, and that's what the Jazz have. They have more better players. They do. It's really no knock on Memphis and Taylor Jenkins and all those guys. Just they need to get better, as the Jazz would say, with the organic and stuff, and then add guys to the draft or free agency or trade, however you do it. And, you know, we'll see you next year. See you in two years. Uh, no reason to think that they wouldn't be better than they are now in two years. But I think you'll see that from the Jazz. They'll congr- congratulate Memphis, and then they'll walk off to court business-like. The place will be uh, electric here if they do it tomorrow night. Uh, what are we talking about? What do we let in? Uh, they. Fourteen, fifteen thousand. Is that what they, what they, what they got going on here? Last number I heard was thirteen, but they seem to be cranking it up. So yeah, yeah that's going to be the range. So that'll be cool, and then the fans will be excited. You want to? I mean, you don't. You don't take for granted winning playoff series. I at least I don't. And so then sit back, and we'll have a better idea uh, who you're going to play. It's Lakers and or uh, Clippers and Mavs tonight. They play tonight. Yeah, Clippers and Mavs uh, yeah. tonight. No, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, because so they're before. getting all the series lined up yeah. so that if you go to the same number okay. of games, okay. you have the same amount of rest. It's Lakers and Suns tonight. Wrong well, L.A. team tonight. Well, which team, which game is first? Because I was going to say the the Jazz would have a better idea who they play, but maybe they won't. Is the Lakers go out, or Lakers, Clippers go afterward on the timing? Because uh, it would be in West Coast, I right? Because the, the game should be back in Los Angeles, right? Half an hour later. Okay. So they'll have... See what happens. Because obviously, I think 2 2, when you're 2 2, that, that game five is super critical. That goes without saying. So, again, I'm expecting Jazz to win. I think it's important to win, take care of business. Don't give Memphis any form of any life. Snuff them out, pat them on the back sincerely, not condescendingly, and say, nice series. Uh, go get better. And we'll start preparing for round two. This is what it's about, man. That's the essence of the uh, issue here in the postseason. And sit back, and we know that that series has to go at least six. And I think that's that's the yeah, workmanlike approach that we'll see. Luka Doncic uh, having the uh, shooting pains and numbness or whatever it is in his arm, that, that sounds awful. And he played, but he didn't really look like himself. And. Paul George, and he didn't look like himself either. Hey-oh. <laughs> he looked like what we thought all along. 
He's a magnificent player, man. When he's got it going on, he, he can do it all. He's got all the natural gifts combined with the skill that he's developed. Wow, he's sensational. I thought watching that game Sunday, I thought he was the best player out on the floor. And that's saying something when you got a finals MVP and a first-team All-NBA guy on the floor at the same time in Doncic and Leonard. But yet I thought, in my estimation, that George was the best ball player out on that court. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and maybe it's uh, any jazz people listening right now are telling us to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yes, probably that too, but there are plenty of fans telling us to shut up too. Uh, Darren, I felt pretty good about 3-1 last year, and look where that got it's me. dramatically different, though. Can't you just see how dramatically different it is? There's so many things that are different, and we can list them all in the next segment, but here's Tyson. I'm still worried. The Jazz are up 3-1 again. LOL. No. It, this ball club is dramatically different, and I know they got most of the same players, but not all, because obviously Bogdanovich, and we've got to get a little tip of the cap to Dirk Favors. You know, he's not playing big minutes, but they didn't have him last year. And he's having an impact in his limited about 15 minutes of ball game. Uh, and I don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Conley and Yang were at the level last year that they are this year. This, this season, to me, this team is so dramatically I, different. I think by the time they got to the playoffs, Conley was Conley. But Niang, you're spot on. I totally agree about Niang. Niang's a better player now than he was a year ago. I have way more confidence in him now. I think his ability to put the ball on the floor has changed the way people have to defend him, giving him one more weapon with that bench, bench unit. And last year, I don't think they believed they were going anywhere. Boom! There it is. They didn't really think they'd win the title. No. And they, they should have won and beat Denver great and all that stuff, but so what? I don't, I don't think you were going beyond that. When you're, here, when you're orchestrating a matchup because you need an easier matchup, you think someone out there is really difficult to play, you're just trying to get as deep. Stay, stay in it as long as you can. Get as far as you can. Try to get deep into the playoffs. See what happens. Right. As opposed to we want to be the one seed. We want to have the advantage against everybody. We plan on being here for a long time. Right. The mindset is so dramatically different. And I get it. You have to ask about last year. And I was making fun of what a dumb question. I understand that people are going to ask about it. I get all that uh, because of being up 3-1, sure. So it makes sense to ask it. I was having fun with it. But I do think that the differences, to me, are drastic. It's, and maybe they needed it to get to that point. You can argue all that stuff and make it's also It's also different. They, they're in a bubble with no travel and no fans, and now you're going to have, assuming that you know it started to repeat itself, you'd have two of three at home. There'd be a lot of travel. You'd have fans to pick you up when the going gets tough, the adrenaline surge, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's going to come to all of that. I think the Jazz are going to win game five. Agreed. And the fact is, they did have to play it last year and lose, and I just think that matters. You're scarred by it. We've seen it in the NBA. You fail before you succeed. And if they get up by 17, they're not going to take the foot off the gas the way they, they did in the bubble a year ago. This is not going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's going to have any frame of reference, but if you do, so be it. I think Because I think they're looking ahead, not behind. Brian says, and never was worried. But let's finish it out in the next game. 
And Zach says game one was a fluke. We'll finish him on Wednesday. Rest up and wait for the next series. I like that. So there are plenty of people who've got faith. And Vaughn drops in, I told you so. I told you the Jazz are great on the road. They're undefeated so far this year in the playoffs. Nice. Good can't, stat. Keep can't be better than that. <laughs> Keep track of that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Stay with us. Some, uh, you know, sad news, but great memories, too, and we will get to that next. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. It was a must-win for the Jazz, and they got it done. What were your thoughts on what you saw? I like Memphis as an up-and-coming team, but Utah just has too many weapons for them. They are too good. Their three-point shooting should hurt them. I thought Rudy Gobert had a fantastic game. Getting Donovan Mitchell back obviously adds 25 points and all the shot creation. Mike Conley was brilliant. Mike Conley was just fantastic in carving up the Memphis defense on the pick and roll. So I think the first one, the missed threes, no Donovan Mitchell was just kind of an outlier. I think this is more like what the series looks like. I just don't think Memphis could really match up. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I think there's a good reason the Jazz aren't blowing this team out right now. These guys are riding emotional highs. They won a game they weren't supposed to win when they beat the Warriors, and they're in a playoff series they're not supposed to be in, and John Moran's incredible. Use the open mic. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your audio. If you're at work, we don't mind a little construction noise in the background. Whatever. Send us your take. DJ PK brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply. Join Scott in hands at Mountainland Supply's Customer Appreciation Day tomorrow from 10 to 2 at 1505 West, 130 South and Orm. Free street tacos, appearances by the Diesel Brothers and Rulon Gardner, and free hats and T-shirts. Stop by. All right, PK, we will uh, talk more about the playoffs in just a moment, but I think we want to take a a moment. We both got to know Mark Eaton when we moved here, and uh, he passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, tragically. Uh, How are people going to remember Mark Eaton? And you put that up on Facebook, and we just got a, a ton of replies. So many people, casual interactions with him around town, the rare jazz player who, who stayed here and stayed here for, uh, for years. Monty says, seeing him at Costco and realizing how huge he was. Yeah. Meeting him at his restaurant, Tuscany. Very nice guy. A lot of comments like that. Larry says, I was standing in line at the Silver Creek Junction gas station, and he walked over and stood by me. I turned around and couldn't believe how tall he was in person. Yeah, if you haven't been around that type of height, it's eye-catching. Uh, when I first started covering basketball, college and pro, it was eye-opening to me. And then I got used to it because they are so tall. Even the average guy in the NBA is way taller than the average guy in a street. You go on a street, you know, I'm 5'11". Most guys are like my height. Right. Maybe an inch or two taller or smaller, but you get around them and they are extremely tall. But I think he's the ultimate jazz man. When you look at it, I don't know that there represents what the jazz are about better than Mark Eaton because he was a great player, defensive player of the year, all star, jersey retired. So you had all those accolades out on the floor, but he was also a big time community guy, just like. Your neighbor, 
your brother, whomever. And he made his home here. And he was around. And he was with, even if it wasn't official, you listen to Rudy Gobert talk about him. And you listen, you watch Gobert post pictures of the two of them mm-hmm. uh, receiving with uh, when Rudy got his defensive player of the year and Mark had his trophy. But then, then they're up, uh, uh, he lived up at Jeremy Ranch, I think. And so they're up there. And so I don't know that there's a better player who was a better representative than what the Jazz are about. The poster guy, I think, really was and is Mark Eaton. You know, for the, uh, and, and there have been a handful of guys who've just come through with just a ton of talent. Um, but the players who are self made, who struggle, um, the, they can be the Cinderella story the fans really pull for. Yeah, Joe Ingles and is the latest example. Joe Ingles is the latest example, right? Uh, there was a time it was Raja Bell. It was a, if you come through town with too much talent, I love watching you, but can't really. Relate. Relate to that. You're just too good. You're too gifted. Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, and I think if you go back kind of parallel to Mark, Thurl Bailey, because Thurl stayed in town and had a gazillion positive interactions with a lot of people, and people have all the warm feelings and all that stuff, but like Thurl, Thurl was really good, you know? And to be that good and that athletic at that size, just a different deal. Well, that's, you know, I don't know, was the lottery pick, was that even a term when Thurl came out? I don't think it was. That was pre-lottery. He would have been one of the last couple of drafts yeah, before that. Yeah, that's a good example because he has remained in the community. He was gone, played overseas a little yeah. bit, uh, whereas Mark was here, played his entire career here, retired, stayed here, uh, opened up businesses, did a lot in the community. And that's what I think a lot of folks feel personal when you saw that. What was it? Uh, was it Saturday? Yeah. He, he, you heard the news and like, what? That's, that's not true. What are you talking about? It just can't possibly be true. Uh, but yet it was and it is. And he's gone from us now. And first and foremost is his family, obviously. But he left, he left a lasting impression that in, in time, whenever that time is individually for his children and, and family, that hopefully they can realize that the impact that he had was pretty much as much as anybody who ever has ever played. You know, the Larry Miller, I think, probably number one. I mean, obviously he wasn't a player. Uh, but beyond that, I think you got to put Mark Eaton right there. Hector says, Mark seemed like a great man. I was always interested to hear him, his take on things. When you guys would have him on the radio, I'm going to miss those interviews. For sure. We will, too. I had the distinct thought last week we needed to get him on to talk about the playoffs. So, yeah, missed opportunity. That's a that's the thing I heard. This 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 cannot be true. There's some type of mistake here. This did not happen, as they say, that he's gone. Especially when there was no signs. You listen to people that are around him in the most uh, in the final days of his life. He was healthy and yeah, yeah, active. Yeah, and Charles Barkley uh, posted that picture and sharing it on TNT because they'd been texting back and forth. And Mark was out doing stuff and literally going out for a bike ride that day, that night. So, I think he had gone one earlier in the day. Uh, so, yeah. And 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 thing about it, too, <clears throat> is that the players, the former players, 
they all loved him for what he stood for, what he was about. He did a lot of work for retired players after oh, he yeah, retired. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. and some retired players have it really good, but not everyone does. So looking out for the people who are struggling. Uh, he, he invested a lot of time in that. Yeah. And then he went he was a friend of Joe West, apparently, the umpire. Yeah. And Joe set a record for most games umpired. Is that what it was? Correct. It's in Chicago. Something like that. And he was back there. Hanging out with Jim McMahon with, there. With, with Jim McMahon. Mm-hmm. I mean, did Jim know Joe? I, I, I would assume so. I, I saw guess. the photo. I don't know all the backstory. <laughs> I, I heard I, I heard what you heard that yeah, there's this there's tie, a, this there's link. a connection somewhere. Right, yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, right. And then later in the week, as the week is uh, winding down on Saturday, that's the way it ended. It's just uh, wow. And if you and I'm not here to to wax philosophical on this makes you appreciate and all this stuff because all every one of us has had tragedies. Uh, so you just look at it. Maybe it does make you appreciate it more. Uh, whatever you need, and that was certainly an eye opener. Eric says he rem- he's going to remember Mark appearing in child abuse commercials on TV. The camera panned upward. I remember that. And Mark says something about, it's intimidating to have someone of my size in your face. Now you know how your child feels when you're in theirs. I remember those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I remember that being intimidated by that commercial because uh, he is he was so so tall. And I, I one time we had him on, and he said it's a community event when he got gas. And you like you got to be on at all times when you're like that because people are gonna and they're gonna reference oh that time I met him that time not <laughs> those times right but that time so this one yeah. twenty second interaction right. It better be really good. Right. You're this or that, and that's the way they're going to remember you and base an opinion upon you, which seems a little silly, 20 but seconds that's out of the way it is. 64 years. Ready and go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, on a much, much, much smaller scale, I've, I've dealt with that. And my wife's always, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my wife says, too. Because <laughs> the people are going to judge you on whatever yeah. i had a guy uh, this is a while back on twitter just come after me that one time i met you you were an absolute jerk and blah 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 and i had no reference of it but i felt bad and i direct messaged him back which i hardly ever do and i said hey sorry man i don't remember the circumstance but if you felt that way that's the way you felt and that's on me and with mark he had to do that and I had seen him, and I'd seen, and I've seen Thurl in those situations too, because it's the same thing with Thurl. Local guy, way, way tall, can't hide, famous, can't hide. Yeah, tall and famous. It's a tough combo. I was down at Jordan Commons, and we're seeing a movie. I wasn't, we didn't go together, but I saw him there, and I was chatting him up, and then he started to walk down out that front door area. I always like to come in that front door because on the right, they got those cinnamon almond things you can smell. And I love smelling them. And uh, so I saw him start to walk down, and it's a little decline. And I saw between me and him, I saw a guy, and he looks up, and he sees that it's Thurl. He literally goes running after him <laughs> just to say hello. You know, So you can't, you can't blow people off, and Mark didn't. A tremendous asset to the community. And I assume they're going to do something uh, tomorrow, what have you. Because I think they didn't they do something the other night, but it was an away game. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool that he has his jersey retired. When I first got here, 
it's funny when I see Larry Miller in the layup line or whatever, or rebounding. Right. What is this? <laughs> it's just so. And I'm big city dude, you know. I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. Right. right. And we didn't. We didn't do that. And don't know how to act in your golf shirt. What are you doing? But then as I got accustomed to the community, it seemed I, normal. And I thought, why, why would they retire Mark Eaton's jersey? You know, he wasn't a 10-time All-Star or whatnot. But then, you know, 10 years later, as I understood what the community was about, okay, yeah, I get it. That's what makes it what it is. We're not Los Angeles. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're us, and this is what we do, and that's what makes this place what it is. And that's why it made it right to have Larry do that and have the Mark Jersey retirement and have him be around in the community because you don't get that other places. You just don't. Here, this is what you get, and that's what makes it what it is, and that's part of its greatness. And that's why free agents, I promise you, will flock to this franchise. And I thought of you because we replayed the uh, minute 10 piece or whatever it was that we did. Uh, it was March 1, 1996, that he got his jersey retired. And he had been retired a couple of years that, at that point. And Chris Morris, who hadn't played with him, but had got to know him because Mark yeah. was around, right. when, he, when he was asked... You know, and I don't remember any of this from I'm, I'm. It's like I'm watching it for the first time. It's been so long. Chris Morris went right to. He still lives here. He's not playing, but he's still a part of team. He's still a part of us. And the way Chris said it, he was totally serious. He wasn't sucking up. You know, he had. It's what you said. The big city thing. He played in New Jersey for a long time, and he comes out to this side of the country, small market. What's the deal? And he realizes, oh, this guy's really important. To the fan base, he's really important to the club. He's a good dude. He still talks with players about what he sees during the game, you know, another set of eyes, and you could kind of see the appreciation. And Mark finished his speech with saying, like, this is, you know, the ultimate accomplishment, you know, that you're honoring with me, and I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. And it was clear that he just didn't accidentally do all the stuff he's done the last 25 years. Uh The way he wrote that speech and the way he finished it and making that the last thing he said, it was really clear that, you know, it was all planned. It wasn't accidental. So makes it all the more impressive. Sure. Mark Eaton, RIP. Shocking news. And uh, we'll all miss not seeing him around at the next Jazz game. When we come back, we've got more of your reaction coming into uh, the, the playoffs, the 3-1 lead, where it goes from here, and we will get to that next. Stay with us.